Job of the morning to you, 722, April 22nd. My name is Mike. I'm the lead consultant for Tautoa, and I am also the host of the FBTV video podcast. You may be wondering, hey, where you been? It's been quite a while since we had a podcast uh, from you, Mike. What's going on? I'll get into that later on in the uh, podcast today. But uh, what's going on in the world? It's upside down. We all know that. But let's stick to uh, transportation stuff. Uh, coming up today, we're going to be talking about marketing. Matter of fact, we uh, posted a video on YouTube yesterday. Uh, it's open to the public. You'll see it in the insider section as well if you're an FBTV insider. The uh, video is on the subject of marketing. Now, we've talked about marketing before, but the, we've got a four-part series coming up. It started yesterday. The first part of that marketing series is discussing web design, your website. If you're a broker, broker agent, yeah, pretty good idea to have a website. Why is that? Well, because it's marketing for you 24-7. I'm not going to go over the whole video, but I'll give you some uh, some of the uh, bullet points from it. If you're an agent, you may be thinking, why do I need a website? Well, simply put, your broker has a website. If a trucking company or even a shipper, a potential customer, if they come across your broker's website, they're going to call your broker, obviously. They're not going to call you. And your broker, they're going to work that customer themselves. They're not going to say, well, listen, i got a good agent over here. I'm going to let them work your account. It's just not going to happen that way. If you have your own website, you are marketing your business 24-7. So you have the same opportunity as your broker to attract that client to your operation. Uh, so that way you can start working their loads. That makes sense. I encourage you to watch the video. Uh, it's uh, on YouTube on our Freight Broker TV channel. And you can find that at Freight TV. Well, Freight Broker TV, just do a search on uh, YouTube for Freight Broker TV. You're going to see me if you're watching this video podcast, you're going to see me cleaning out my ear, putting my finger in my ear. It's like I got water in my ear, in my left ear, and I keep on trying to get it out. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, coming up today, we've got Q&As, uh, headlines, Florida cracking down on highway pro protesters, not only Florida, but I just saw this morning, uh, on the news that Oklahoma is doing the same thing. FMCSA petitions to delay implementations of electronic med certification rule until 2025. Sometimes the FMCSA gets the cart way out there in front of the horse. Anyway, now is not the time to buy a used truck. If you've been thinking about buying a truck, maybe starting a trucking operation or maybe becoming an owner-operator, now is not the time because, well, we'll be talking about that uh, today as well. IRS temporarily expands restaurant and meal deductions for businesses. That is, uh, that's good for everybody. If you are an owner-operator, freight broker, freight broker agent, Start saving those meal receipts. They, well, we'll talk about that later on. 
Another recall. Every time we get together, we got a recall. Uh, this time it's Daimler trucks. Well, Freightliners and Western Stars, I believe. We'll talk about that. Eight, 18,000 steering issue. That seems to be the problem, but neither here nor there. Let's talk about fuel prices. Fuel prices are down. Diesel is not a whole lot. What, half a cent this week, down to 3.12 a gallon. Gasoline up a half a cent, up to 2.85 a gallon, but uh, it is what it is. Fuel, uh, the, 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 the uh, petro companies, oil companies, yeah, they try to recoup some of that loss. A lot of it, uh, they're going to blame it on the pipeline, and, well, it is what it is. I hate to see the uh, pipeline be shut down. It puts a lot of people out of work. And uh, I, I just don't know how to we re replace those jobs. But anyway, neither here nor there. That is for the uh, people in power to decide what's best for the country, whether we agree with it or not. <laughs> okay. Let's get right to a Q&A. Steve asks, why do freight brokers fail? And that is a very, very, very good question. Why do freight brokers fail? I get asked this a lot. And actually, we've done research on this over the years. I say we, Tautoa. We've taken clients that had the same package, received the same training. And some of them succeed. Others fall by the wayside. What is going on? They were taught the same thing, had the same opportunity. Some succeeded, some failed. So why do brokers fail? Well, a lot of it is in the startup period. The startup period for any business is the toughest part. That's where you're getting the wheels turning. The business growing, building your customer base, especially for a broker, because you've got to start building that customer base. And even in training, you know, you tell our clients, you know, you know, make a couple hundred calls a day. That's all you've got to do is make sales calls. Sales calls are easy, boring, monotonous, but they're simple. They're simple. A lot of people think, ah, it's sales. I don't like, I don't like sales. Well, you got to think about it this way. Yes, it's sales, but not in the traditional sense. You're not sitting here saying, hey, I, I've got this product. I want you to give me 20 bucks for it or whatever it might be and then try to talk them into getting money from them. That's, that's not what you're doing as a broker. As a broker, you're assisting customers that have a need for your service because they need trucks to get their loads out the door and to their customer. Uh, go over this in training. I, every, uh, we go over it all the time. You know, you can have a, uh, you can have a customer as the best product in the world. They got orders stacking up, but if they can't get a truck to haul that order to their customer, deliver that load to the customer, they're not making any money, not making a dime. So that's what we're doing. We're helping them make money. In addition, we're helping that person in shipping keep their job. Now you say, how, how are we doing that? Well, if they can't get trucks on a you know regular basis to get those orders out the door, they're going to get somebody, and I say they, the uh, shipper, they're going to get somebody in, in there that can do the job. So we're actually helping that person in shipping do their job and actually keep their job. But we go over that in detail in training. But what we have found over the years is that uh, people drop the ball. Bottom line. They, they just don't 
do what they need to be doing. A lot of people romanticize uh, being a freight broker, being a freight broker agent. Hey, I'm going to work from home. I'm going to be my own boss, going to do this, going to do that. And that's well and good. But unless you're working, unless you're building that business, keeping it moving forward, uh, you're, you're not doing anything. You've got to continually work it. You know, the thing about, I had a client the other day. You know, yeah, I did my prospecting. I built my prospect list. No, no. You never finish building your prospect list. It's a continual deal. Prospect lists are potential uh, companies that you want to contact later on down the road in hopes of them using you as one of the, one of their brokers so you can get in the door. Now, the thing is, it takes time. You've got to build the relationship with that customer. It doesn't happen overnight. Not at all. A lot of people get into this business and they want to see immediate gratification. And that's the world we live in now. So let me pull you back down to reality. you got to work for it. <laughs> it's not going to be given to you on a silver platter. All right, got to get out there and hustle it up. If you are an entrepreneur, you've got the entrepreneurial spirit. Work does not scare you. You get out there and do it period. So, you know, keep that in mind. Now, the other half of that equation is you've got to have trucks to meet your loads. This takes time as well. You've got to make it all work together. Uh, so you got the customers, you've got the loads. Now you're starting to build the trucking relationships. Once you get all that put together, it, it becomes pretty simple. You know, nine times out of 10, you're going to be building lanes. You're going to know what truck to call to move that load. You're going to know which loads move, uh, which loads you can move pretty easily, which ones eh, might take a little work. But the, the point is, the people that don't do the work, they are the ones that generally fail. Honestly, I see no reason why anyone should fail, bottom line. In other words, what I'm saying is, if, if you get out there, you're diligent, you know, you, you go to work, you do what you're supposed to do, uh, you're disciplined, you've got that entrepreneurial spirit, uh, you get the idea of what I'm getting at. If you get out there and do the work, you're going to get the payoff. Now, nobody can guarantee when that payoff is going to come. Uh, I've seen some people 30 days later after they started brokering, they, I mean, they, you know, talking about nose to the grindstone, 30 days later, they had no nose because it was already shaved off from that grindstone, but they were making $1,000 a week. Now, that's the exception, not the rule. I've had other clients 30 days later, they were still scratching their heads, you know, try, we're trying to get that first customer. I've had clients call me, hey, Mike, you know, man, I'm making the sales calls. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do, and I can't get a customer. Well, how many calls are you making a day? Oh, I'm making a good 10 to 15 calls a day. 10 to 15 calls, sales calls, that, that would take me about eight, nine, maybe 10 minutes, you know. That, that's not putting an effort you know, you are your own business. It's it, Nobody's going to do it for you. You've got to get out there and do it yourself. Now, if you're willing to do that, yes, Taltoa can help you because we can teach you. We can we can go through and lay down the basic foundation. We can help you uh, begin your broker operation as an agent via our TMP. That's the Taltoa uh, mentorship uh, program where we place you through us to a licensed freight broker so you can begin your operation, start building uh, your customer base, so you can take that next step. I invite you to go to Taltoa to check that out. Matter of fact, uh, we've got a new package at the Taltoa website. It's Build Your Own Package, and the I should have brought it up so I could share it with you. 
but uh, on the video. But as this is a podcast, we don't want to leave out people listening to the uh, audio portion only. But uh, and oh, by the way, the only people that are seeing the video. Uh, live video podcast you can catch it live we try to give you a few minutes notice before we go live not at the point yet and you'll understand why <laughs> after we get uh, into this a little bit deeper why uh, I, we, we haven't been able to schedule a regular live video podcast so you know when to tune in uh, you, you understand why we can't do that uh, coming up later on and that it doubles as why I haven't been around uh, too much uh, with the live bo- uh, podcast or the videos or things like that. But anyway, neither here nor there. We'll talk about that in a minute. All right, so I hope that answered your question, Steve. Uh, if you've got the discipline, you've got the drive, you've got that entrepreneurial spirit, you do not have a fear of success. And I know that sounds silly, but do a search. Do a Google. Go to the Google and <laughs> do a search on fear of success. And there's a lot of information on that, but it's a real thing. All right. Now, Florida law cracks down on highway protesters, protects drivers, action, acting in self-defense. Oklahoma's passed the same thing. And basically, what it amounts to... Hey, you get out there and block a roadway, you, you, you protest, you're going to jail, bottom line. And if you actually get on the highway and block it, people in cars, hey, if they hit you, it's your problem, not theirs. Let me kind of read this. Uh, this is for the Florida, then I'll go over the... Uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma actually had protesters, but we'll go over that here in a minute as well. Uh, Florida. Uh, this past Monday, uh, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, signed into law a bill to increase penalties against highway protesters and to strengthen protections for drivers who injure or kill a person participating in a protest on a roadway. DeSantis signed the Combating Public Disorder Bill, or HB1, into law during a Monday press conference. The bill went into effect immediately. If you riot, loot, harm others, particularly law enforcement, you're going to jail. (laughs) I love this next line. We're not going to end up like Portland. And I don't know what's wrong with those people up there. How could you let your city be taken over by thugs? Anyway. Yeah, it's happening all over. Coming to a town near you. Anyway, HB1 also contains measures to increase the penalties for individuals who willfully obstruct the free, convenient, and normal use of a public street, highway, or road. Under the law, the former misdemeanor crime of blocking the highway became a felony, with possible penalties of 15 years in prison and up to $10,000 in fine. And I'm all for this. As long as it's not overreached. As long as somebody doesn't use it to for what it wasn't intended. Because we know what it was intended. We know why it became law. We know why it's there. But anyway. The law would also provide civil protection for drivers who strike and injure or kill a highway protester in self-defense. Again, the key word wording there is self-defense. Now, Oklahoma... 
The Oklahoma governor signed a bill to protest drivers, uh, or rather to protect drivers who hit riders as protesters tried uh, breaking into the Senate yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Uh, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt approved uh, of two bills that cracked down on protest uh, yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Just as demonstrators angry about the legislation barged into the state capitol, prompting the House and Senate chambers to lock their doors. That, that, that just baffles me right there. You, you, you know, the, the, they just don't get it. <laughs> the group was protesting in part one bill that increases the penalties for blocking roadways and grants immunity to motorists who kill or injure protesters on the road. Okay, I get the immunity part. Okay, so, you know, so there, there, there's going to be a nut out there. Hey, you're blocking the roadway. And they're going to strike whoever's blocking the roadway. I, I don't, you know, that I'm not for that at all. I don't think anybody should be. I mean, you know, on the surface, hey, you know, you know, after what we've seen over the past 18 months uh, happening around the country, we think, eh. Now, if, again, if it's self-defense like in Florida, I, I it's self-defense. There's no getting around that. But they're protesting penalties that... Uh, for blocking roadways, period. You know, that's like uh, <laughs> that's like uh, thieves protesting longer sentences. No, no, no. <laughs> just, it just, it's just off the wall to me. Uh, what else is it saying about Oklahoma? I think that's about it. Uh, the bill would uh, make pu- uh, blocking use of a public street a misdemeanor pum- punishable. <laughs> Publishable. Uh, I'm reading code copy off the internet. But anyway, it meant punishable by up to a year in prison or a $5,000 fine. The measure would also grant a motorist criminal and civil immunity if they kill or injure someone while fleeing from a riot. Okay, that kind of clears it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, this is nuts. We got to get our country back. You know, America's a great country, we got great opportunity. It's just uh, everybody got a trophy and it's gone to hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I still say that. I still believe that. You know, we everybody gets a trophy and this is what happens. All right. You a driver? You, you in a truck? Here, here's a, uh, a poll that's currently on overdriveonline.com. Thought it was kind of interesting because I'm old school. It says, Poe, manual or automated? What transmission? What transmissions in your truck? Well, actually, I thought it was going to be, what transmissions do you prefer? But anyway, 72% are fully manual, 12% automated manual, 16% fully automatic. And I was very pleased about this next one, 0%. We're not sure. I mean, if there was 1% not sure, get that CDL. <laughs> you know, you've got to know what kind of transmission you got. Me, I'm not into the automatics, not into the automated manual. Uh, what is an automated manual? That'd be like a Super 10 or something like that. I had a Super 10 one time. I liked it, but uh, I like the manual, the full manual. You know, clutch, floating the gears, all that fun stuff. You know, that, that you learn how to drive a truck that way. That, that's driving a truck, not a steering wheel loader. 
What else is going on? Uh, FMCSA petitions to delay impl implementation of electronic medic med certificate rule until 2025. Think I'd do that any worse? The agency previously delayed implementation date of its medical examiner certification integration final rule from June 22nd, 18 to June 22nd, 2021. And here we are three years later. And just when it's about to become law, they nope, nope, let's change it to 2025. Apparently, according to the story, technology hasn't caught up with what they're wanting to do. This seems to be happening with a lot of stuff. Okay, if you've been thinking about buying a truck, I want to hold off on that right now, especially if you've been thinking about buying a used truck. Now, here's why. The uh, uh, price of used trucks are shooting up. They are through the roof anymore. So back off, back off. Just like me, I'm, I'm uh, having to replace my privacy fence at my house. I may have talked about this previously, but uh, a year ago, I could have done it for like $16 a foot. Today, it's $23 a foot because lumber's so high. Lumber shot up through the roof, which is uh, probably why home sales are, used home sales are up, but I wouldn't be surprised if construction may be sort of down. I haven't been keeping up with that like I should, but again, I'll explain all that to you here in a few minutes. Class 8 used truck market had its best month here uh, in March. Pricing jumping up by nearly 22% at auction, 4.7% at retail. This is all reported by J.D. Power. Late model sleeper tractors are bringing the highest pricing. Uh, since J.D. Power began tracking the segment in 2015, and jumping almost 40% from February to an average of $69,556 for a model year 2018. So a three-year-old truck, $70,000. That's with a sleeper, obviously. Now, the average sleeper tractor retailed in March was 68 months old. Had 458,000 miles on it, 500,000, you might as well say, half a million miles. And was bought for 57,005. The average truck was three months newer, had 2% more miles. And was selling for 4.7% more money versus February. So why is this? Well, uh, uh, they're saying supply chain shortages. And now an assembly plant strike, that's a Volvo strike, uh, UAW, Volvo plant. I believe up in New York, New Jersey, got on strike. Uh, pretty much backing up new truck builds. And I get this. Here's, here's, a, here's something, this, this isn't about trucking, but uh, kind of <clears throat> the same thing. I was planning on getting a new boat. This year, trading mine in, getting a new boat. I was going to get the Tracker Pro 195 Tournament Edition. Trade my little 160 in for that. Bigger boat. I was really looking forward to it. Matter of fact, I started that process back in 
what, November, maybe December. Called the dealer. Yeah, I got one on order. Uh, it's going to have a dual tandem axle. It's got this. It's got It was maxed out. And I go, I want that boat. Call me when it gets here. I'll, I'll come in. We'll do all the paperwork and get it taken care of. So we get past first of the year. You know, he said it'd be a couple of months before it got in. So I wasn't too worried about it. I wasn't wanting to do anything in the middle of winter anyway. But uh, end of February, first of March. Yeah, I was getting a little anxious. I was ready for the boat. So I called the dealer. No, it's not here yet. It should be here in the next couple of weeks. A couple of weeks go by. I call, expecting them to say, yeah, it's here. But what I get is no, a tracker canceled the order. Unless you pay for it up front, tracker's not going to build it. That's what they tell me. And I contact your tracker to find out that's right. And they said, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So, that's $35,000 tracker lost. I'll just keep my boat. If I trade it in, I'll trade it on something else. Uh, maybe go fiberglass. You never know. My, my tracker is an aluminum. And I like it. You know, when I first bought the silly thing a couple of years ago, I kind of went inexpensive. Matter of fact, it's Pro 160. They did away with 160 because they, they really push in this classic, the classic bass boat tracker, you know, the, you know, from 30 years ago, whatever. That was uh, people that couldn't afford to buy a big bass boat. They were able to get one of those for like next to nothing. But anyway, that that's pretty much what mine was. It's, but the difference between mine and the, Classics, at least uh, when I bought it, because they had the classics coming out there, a special edition thing. You get it for under two thousand, or ten thousand rather. And uh, the Pro One Sixties had a higher grade aluminum. It was more solid. At least that's the way I read it. So I don't know what they're doing now. Maybe they. But anyway, they they they've done away with Pro One Sixty because Pro One Sixty was just a notch above the classic. You know, just a little bit about the classic. So they got rid of that, and they raised the prices up. Now, something else Tracker has done. <laughs> the, the prices on their boats, I, I this is probably industry-wide, not just Tracker, but they, they've all gone up two or three, four $4,000 on their boats. So that's another reason that uh, I'm thinking, nope, not going to happen. You guys have gone nuts, too. Don't get it. All right. Now, let's talk about your business here for a minute. IRS. If you're an owner-operator, if you are a lease purchase operator, if you're a freight broker, freight broker agent, you want to pay attention to this because this is going to help you a lot. IRS temporarily expands restaurant and meal deductions for business. The Treasury Department and the IRS this month issued guidance that temporarily increases the amount that businesses can deduct for food and beverage from restaurants from 50% to get this, 100% deduction. So if you go out to eat, 
you're getting 100% deduction. 100% tax deductible. I get it. I know it's here to help the restaurants and things of that nature. I'm all for that. But save your receipts. Eat out as much as you can. Get 100% deduction. Beginning January 1st, 2021 through December 31st, 2022, businesses can claim 100%, 100% for uh, their food or beverage expenses paid to restaurants as long as the business owner or an employee of the business is present when food or beverages are provided. Just present. That's all it says. Present. And the expense is not lavish or extravagant under under uh, the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, you get 100% deduction as long as it's not too much. <laughs> but anyway, under the temporary guidance, restaurants include businesses that prepare or sell food or beverages to customers for immediate on-premises and or off-premises consumptions. Grocery stores and convenience stores that sell prepackaged meals are not included. If you've got a bookkeeper, you got an accountant, somebody does your taxes, hit them up. Make sure they are aware of that and save your receipts. All right. Recall. We talked about that at the beginning of this podcast. Daimler Trucks North America recalling uh, 18,000 Freightliners and Western Stars custom chassis model 2021 uh, through 22, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the steering arm and tie rod boats may have a defective seam that can fracture in affected vehicles. The fractured bolt can potentially cause a loss of steering. When I first read this, my first thought, are, are these bolts coming from China? I'd like to know. I like to know where they were made. Anyway, there's a list of trucks. I'll read it real quick for you. Uh, Freightliner Custom Chassis Corporation, FCCC, okay. MT45, MT55, 52, oh, no, S2, XB, uh, XC chassis. We got the Freightliner uh, 108 SD, 114 SD, 122 SD. Business Class M2, Freightliner, Cascadia, Western Star, 4,700, 4,900, 5,700. Daimler Trucks plans to notify owners of affected vehicles. Thank you. Nice to know that they are going to notify owners. But anyway, dealers will replace the tie rod arm and steering arm bolts for free. Well, of course, the recalls begin. Here we go again. I always bring this up whenever there's a recall. The recalls begin June 10th. So good luck over the next six weeks. Cross your fingers. Say your prayers. And hope that it doesn't fall apart on you. If you got questions, you can call Daimler 800-547-0712. Recall number FL884. NHTSA, uh, their number for this recall is 21 v 256. All right, wrapping up uh, this podcast. Where have I been? Told you earlier, I'd, I'd kind of give you a heads up on all this. Well, if you listen to other podcasts, watch my videos or, or such over the last few weeks that I've done, I know it's been a few weeks since I've done any. <clears throat> but you notice that uh, 
said I hadn't been feeling well, my stomach and things like that. Well, thought I was getting over it. And he came back with a vengeance. And I just felt terrible. Had increased thirst. Weight loss. I mean, I can stand to use, lose a few pounds, but this was just unexpected weight loss. Constantly tired. Just all kinds of things going on that, you know, I thought, man, something's not right. At first, I thought it was some type of food poisoning. You know, maybe I got a parasite or some type of bacteria got in my belly or whatever. Finally, I'm, I'm hard-headed when it comes to this stuff. I went to the doctor. Went to the doctor last Thursday. We could go, today's Thursday. We could go today. And uh, they started running a series of tests. And before I got out of the doctor's office, they had already come and told me, hey, you've got to go to the hospital right now. <laughs> Here we go again. And uh, see so your blood sugar, 658. Normal is under 200. They say we can't we can't get it we can't get it down through normal insulin or whatever. You're gonna to have to go to the hospital so I can do drips and everything else. So I went. So I spent the day in the hospital. Actually I thought I was gonna be there overnight, but they were able to get it down. Yeah. I was uh, diagnosed with diabetes. Now the the doctor at the hospital he says, you know, the, the, this can go away. You know, it's not to the point, you know, with six fifty eight, I thought, wow, you know, well, by the time I left the doctor or the hospital that afternoon, they had gotten my blood sugar down to under 200. They, they had, uh, gave me two saline solutions, uh, IVs, rehydrated me because that, that was part of it. I was dehydrated. And uh, since then, I've felt good again, <laughs> you know. Not taking insulin shots, so to speak. I'm taking these, why they call it metrodome pills, and hopefully that's that's going to be it. But uh, I thought, what a weird name for a pill, metrodome. But it is what it is. So why am I bringing this up? Because I never thought I'd have diabetes. But truck drivers, here's the deal: you're in that truck, probably not eating healthy, not getting enough exercise, putting on weight. And not even truck drivers. If you start feeling yourself having, you know, cotton mouth, so to speak, you got dry mouth all the time, having to go to the bathroom more. Uh, it says extreme hunger here. I, I did not have extreme hunger. Uh, did I? Don't think so. Unexplained weight loss had that fatigue, irritability. I didn't have that, I don't think, but you'd really have to talk to my wife. I don't think I did. I'm, I'm pretty laid back. Blurred vision. Now, here's one of the things that's really weird. In the middle of all this, my vision, I even said something to my wife, I go, my vision has gotten better. You know, my, when I, I have my glasses on, sometimes I couldn't read stuff, you know, I couldn't watch TV, or it was blurry. Take my glasses off, clear right up. And that, that went on for a few weeks, or well, a few days, not a week, but uh, uh, it corrected itself. Slow healing sores is another thing, you know, and uh, I've always had things that healed a little bit slower as I got older. I just fear it's part of aging. Now, how long have I been fighting diabetes? I don't know. 
I really don't. I just know it came on me like a ton of bricks uh, here about six weeks ago, give or take. When I really started noticing this, I mean, it, it was it was awful. Get yourself checked. You know, I got a little kit right here. I'm checking myself several times a day. You know, got all that going on. You can get one of these kits at your drugstore, believe me. You know, if if it goes undetected, and this is what they were worried about about me being 658 when they got it, was that I could go into what what's it called a diabetic coma, and good luck there, right? Anyways, uh, just public service from FTP FBTV. <laughs> Diabetes is a disease in which your blood glucose or blood sugar levels are too high. Uh, there's two types of diabetes: type one and type two. Uh, type two being the most common. Type 2, uh, which is what they're saying I have, your body does not make or use insulin well. Without insulin, glucose, sugar stays in your blood. You stay sweeter. Now, something I have been doing is charting my my, my uh, test when I do my uh, blood sugar test. And I have found that uh, I'm in the office all day. If I'm sitting in the office all day uh, working, yeah, my blood sugar's staying a little bit high. But if I get out and do something, okay, like, uh, well, Monday evening, I, I went to the lake, got my boat, went to the lake, you know, did some activity. I got back, you know, my, my blood sugar, uh, I did a test after I got back. It was pretty much normal, you know, below 200, around that 200 range. Uh, same thing yesterday. I had to be out and about a little bit. I had some meetings I had to go to. I got active. And... Did my uh, blood sugar test afterwards, and yeah, it was low. So definite, definite connection there between exercise and your blood sugar. So keep that in mind. Diet—that's the uh, main thing right now. Trying to figure out, you know, carbs and sugars, carbs and sugars, but still figuring that out. But anyway, that's that's what's been going on with me for the last few weeks. Why I haven't been around like uh, I have been in the past. But hopefully, all that's gonna straighten itself out now. All right, very good. That is going to wrap it up for uh, this FBTV live video podcast. You can catch it on your favorite podcast app. If you are an FBTV insider, you can watch it whenever you wish. It'll be in the uh, insider content. So have a good weekend. Code here, being code yesterday and today, and here we are April 22nd. But hopefully this is the end. Uh, from here on, we're going to start increasing in temperatures, start getting back into normal spring patterns. We were uh, we, uh, 40, 50 miles north of me up in northwest Arkansas around Fayetteville, spring, Springdale. They got snow yesterday. Crazy, man. Right now, right now, what are we looking at? Right now, that's 43 now, but it was like 36 when I got up this morning. It was 32 yesterday. Anyway. All right, go have a good Thursday. Go have a good weekend. We'll talk next week. Have a, have a good day. Unless, of course, you've made other plans. Uh, I will talk to you soon.